Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Well, good morning, church. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? All right, I'm talking. That's, this is my people. Come on. Praise the Lord. Welcome to College Street. If you're joining us for the first time ever, welcome home. Man, are we excited about what the Lord has in store for us today. He's got great things in store for you today. You know, I want to give a shout out to our extended um, family. We have family, Victory Churches, all around the world. Actually, we had a pastor join us this morning from Africa, Kasumu. That was really cool. We had Pastor Morris join us from Makiko. <laughs> so wherever you're watching right now, greetings. We're excited that we get to do this with you. But let's give a shout out, starting off with our men at the Joshua House that are watching live. Come on. Our men that are choosing to live life, not just in, re- in recovery, but discovery. That's right. And then we've got Ruth and Naomi's. Let's say hi to everyone watching at Ruth and Naomi's today. All the staff and the rest of you that are out there. We look forward to seeing you again on Wednesday. And uh, who else am I missing? Westminster ladies. They're out there too watching us. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe in faith. We got to tour the new wellness center in Chilliwack. Very cool. Very cool. But I'm going to believe in faith that someone over there is listening to us. And one day we'll be streaming our service live to them as well. So praise God. All right. All right. All right. So you got your Bibles with you? Hold them up if you got them. Even if they're, you know, on your phone. Hey, it's good use of your phone. Look at that. All lit up in the house. Lord, yes. Got your notebooks with you? Who's got notebooks too? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, you guys are ready. Ready to receive. So we are, yes, in uh, part two of the Gong Show. This is a relationship series. Um, In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, it says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am nothing more than a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So if you wonder where we got the Gong Show from, it's from the Word of God. You know, sometimes it's hard to recognize the sound of love, especially with all the ringing going on out there. Uh, And let's be honest with ourselves. What we listen to can have an effect uh, whether or not we're able to even tune in to love, if we're able to tune in to the truth, right? So we got to be careful, like Pastor Charmaine said uh, last week, we got to be careful what we let in, what we allow in. Because what goes in eventually is going to come out. (laughs) And too much clanging causes confusion. Am I speaking to anyone today? Okay, good. You know, it makes it harder for us to focus on what do we need to hold on to and what do we need to let go of. Can you think of at least one or two things that you may have come in with today that you need to let go of? Come on. Show of hands if you could think of one or two. Man, you want to take it to the next step? Write it down. Write it down. Because, you know, today we let go and we let God. Today we let go and we let God. Because if we hold on to the wrong things, we won't just be left hanging. We're eventually going to fall. And for some of us, some of us might even be afraid to even love again. If we hold on to, we talked about last week, counterfeit love. 
I know there's a lot of us that are even in the house today that we've been let down. Some of us have even been let go. And I've encouraged you even in the season that if you're struggling in your relationship, don't give up on people. Just give people up to God. Don't give up, but give them up to Him. I've entitled today's message, Love-Hate Relationship, with a question mark. You may have heard this saying used before. You may have even used it with things and maybe even with people. It's a love-hate relationship. But again, if we use it loosely, we may not truly understand its meaning or we might not even be saying it entirely with the right motive. So let's take a look at its meaning. A love-hate relationship is an interpersonal relationship involving simultaneously or alternating emotions of love and hate. Something particularly common when emotions are intense. <laughs> you know, research from Yale University suggests that love-hate relationships may be the results of poor self-esteem. A love-hate relationship may develop when people have completely lost the intimacy within a loving relationship, yet still remains some passion for or perhaps some commitment to each other before dissolving into a hate-love relationship, often leading to divorce. If you're feeling a little bit of tension right now, or you're like, psychoanalyzing yourself or others, I'm just going to tell you to stop, okay? Right now, don't do that. Don't do that thing. I believe that the only way to solve this is to getting into God's truth. God's truth is the only thing that's going to solve the tension that you feel right now. And when we start to turn the pages, believe me, you will experience his peace. You'll experience hope, and I believe you'll experience vision. Paul's letter to the Romans reminds us that all humanity, everyone say all, there you go, all of us are trapped in sin and in need to be rescued. We need a rescuer. The Lord has moved through Jesus' death, his resurrection, so that we can be part of a love-centered, faith based family of believers and followers. You know, Paul talks about justification by faith and when we trust in Jesus' death and resurrection, that it was for us, we are given a new status, a new you. The old is gone, the new has come. Anyone, say anyone, who is in Christ is a new creation. And in this letter to the Romans, you'll find here with that statement that A, we have a right with God and we are forgiven. B, we get a place in the new family, right Celeste? C, we are given a new future and hope of a transformed life. Come on. In chapters 12 to 16, the part we're going to be focusing on talks about unity. Unity in the church. Paul shares how unity will come from a commitment to love, forgive one another. Love will 
look like everybody using, Paul says, their different gifts, their different talents to serve each other in the church. And we come together, guess what? There's always going to be tension. But it'll be overcome when we humble ourselves through forgiveness and reconciliation. And this is how we show the greatest virtue, which is love. Love. Love which fulfills all the laws and the greatest command of all to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So let's take a look at Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to start with verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, someone say transformed, by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The first point is renewed relationships begin with a renewed mind. You got some of us, honestly, we just need to dump our stinking thinking. You're wondering why it's not working when you've been thinking the same way and acting the same way and expecting a different result. God wants to do something new. He wants to renew your mind. We have a tendency to create tension in our own relationships by putting them to the test, do we not? But the reality is if we fail um, to put faith before the test, We'll always fail, right? Faith first, what does his word say? If we don't have the right insight, we'll lack the foresight. And this is where we get the insight, in his word. If we don't research God's word, we most likely probably aren't going to respond the way that we should either. And we tend to respond, some of us, out of emotion instead of responding out of righteousness. <laughs> and you know when you're wrong, right? Even when you try to backpedal and justify your actions and what you said. Yeah. You know, the first step in transformation is awareness. As, as a coach, that's I get excited when people all of a sudden get aware of something like, oh, you just see the light. I Wow. And I'm glad somebody told me, otherwise I would continue to do the same expecting different results. And we know that relationships aren't developed by default. They're developed by design. It's written. If you want to know what love is, love is written. We went through last week everything that love is and everything that love is not. I was praying with the, with the band and James brought up. It's kind of like when you try to bend your arm the wrong way. It just doesn't bend that way. And you know when it's wrong. And you're like, that's not love. That's not agape love. That's not unconditional love. It just doesn't work that way. Right? It's by design. They are intentionally based and driven. Relationships are driven by our beliefs. Whether they're healthy or unhealthy, the result of your relationship a false belief of yourself or others will only lead to failure. If we wish to 
transform our relationships, we must start by renewing our minds. And here's the thing, God's word will calm your mind the next time that you're facing or going through a storm. Then you will be able to test and see what is truth. And the truth will set you free. Woo! Somebody finished my sentence. Praise the Lord. Is that you, Sharon? Mm. <laughs> I got preachers in the house. We're raising up preachers in the house. Let's go into verses uh, 9 to 12 of Romans. 9 to 10, 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. There's a lot there. And don't just pick the ones you want. <laughs> Which one do you need help on? The patience one? The hope one? Come on. Which one of those do, do, do you need to circle? It's all of them. <laughs> right? Joyful. Joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. How about faithful in prayer? Oh, but pastor, I don't feel like praying. I know. <laughs> Even the pastor doesn't always feel like praying. Ask my wife. But I do it because it works. I do it because it works. Jesus' own disciples said, Teacher, teach us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. It's so beautiful. You know, we're, every time we're gathering, we're praying it more as men. There was a time when I grew up in school, we would pray that prayer. Right? We can't take that out. It's up to us as parents. It's up to us as community bring the Lord's prayer in. So point two is what to hate and what to love. What to hate, what to love. I brought this verse up last week and it actually inspired me to go deeper this week with you. I mentioned that the sincerity will release God's ability. Our sincerity will release God's ability. You know, as we, think, as we think in our hearts, so we are or so we become. It says in Proverbs 23, verse 7. And we are given the command to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. We need to know what to hold on to and what to let go of. We are challenged to be devoted to who? One another. We're not to hate one another. It actually says that we're not at war against one another, but against principalities and things of the spirit. We're not at war. That's your brother. That's your sister. That's somebody created in the very image of God, even if they don't know it yet. God's got plans for them. But as a church, we're supposed to be devoted to one another. You see, the level of our, our emotion tends to flow out of our devotion. Ooh, I'll say that again. The level of our emotion flows out of our devotion. Your passion should flow from your purpose. Right? You see, it's a matter of the heart. If we're not careful, even 
hate can take root in our heart and cause our commitment to rot. You know, honor. Honor has a way of proving our humility, doesn't it? When we honor others above ourselves, we are also rewarded in that relationship. Because you reap what you sow. And we mustn't lose our zeal, our zest for what's best. Love. When we remain passionate, we hold on to our purpose. Even in the midst of pain. And trust me, pain will come. In this world, you will have storms. You will have trouble. But take heart, for Jesus has overcome the world. The key here is serving the Lord by serving others. Matthew 25, 40. The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you do, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Isn't that beautiful? We need to be joyful in hope. We need to be patient in affliction, faithful in our prayer. And I'll give you the secret sauce to all of these which I just read. The secret sauce for these things in your relationship. These are all fruits of the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. If, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. Matthew 7, 7. These are all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Things that you can't do just on your own. Trust me, I've tried and failed. And give the Holy Spirit permission to move in you and through you and receive the gifts as needed. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 11. If you're taking notes, look it up. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. The Holy Spirit will distribute the gifts as needed. But you got to give permission. Okay. Verses 17 and 18. Do not, someone say do not. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Wow, this is the last point. It depends on you. Say, it depends on me. Peace isn't based on life circumstances, but how you will handle the conflict. Can you find Christ in the midst of a conflict? It says, as much as it is possible, as it depends on you, live at peace. Sometimes we'll catch ourselves saying, that is impossible. <laughs> There's no way, pastor. That's impossible. But guess what? Even in the midst of our natural, if we allow God's super to touch our natural, anything is possible. Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. It's up to us. It's up to you to do your best and trust God with the rest. You know, I've come to that place where I just realized the end of me is the beginning of him. And even when we fail, his love never fails. 
You see, peace isn't found in a person or a place, but in his presence, in Jesus. 1 John 4, 20 says, whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister who they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. The thing with hate is, it'll take up your whole heart, And it leaves no room for hope. But love, love covers a multitude of sins. It is the ability to hold on to what is good and let go of what is not. We overcome hate by having a heart of humility, hope, and forgiveness. You see, our love propels us. Our love liberates us. Our love keeps no record of wrong, always hopes, always perseveres. Love conquers all. Most of all, God conquers all because God is love. See, greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. Apart from the Lord, we can do nothing. But through him, all things are possible. Would you stand with me? The verse that I would encourage you to hold on to this week, to memorize, to speak it out, to pray it out, to live it out, to walk it out, to talk it out, is Romans 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. And the takeaway that I have for us is simply this. There's no such thing as a love-hate relationship. (laughs) So let love live. Let love live. I mentioned before in 1 John, it says that God is love. It's really hard to give something if you don't have it. It's really hard to forgive. It's really hard to let go unless you let God. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the one love, I pray that you'd invite him into your heart right here, right now. I'm going to give you that opportunity. The author of Romans, the author of Corinthians said this in Romans 10 verse 9, we believe in our heart. Believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave. We'll be saved. And maybe, maybe today is your reset moment. Maybe today is your coming back to him and letting him come into your life and be Lord over your life where you realize you've been doing it your way and you're ready to turn to the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Just let him in. Let him into your situation. Let him into your relationship. Let him into your present and let him into your future. Would you pray with me right now? Let's all pray this prayer together. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I'm letting you in. You see, I believe that you chose to die for me to die for my sins, that you rose from the grave. And I'm asking you to be my God, 
to be my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. I thank you that my past is past. I receive your forgiveness and I move forward in faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in this beautiful, precious moment, all eyes closed and heads bowed. (laughs) You can literally feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. It's heavy. It's heavy. And the first question I have for you is this. If God's word spoke to you today in relevance to any of these things we've been talking about when it comes to love and relationship, relevant to you in the season you're in, what you've been through, but most importantly, what you're called to, if he spoke to you today through his word, would you just put your yeah, hands up? You already know where I'm going. Hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. The Lord is speaking to you. That's for you. And the second is this. If you prayed that prayer, which we just prayed for the first time, and you let love in today, would you just put your hand up? That's me, Pastor. Awesome. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. He sees you. He sees you. He loves you. He's got you. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to continue to respect this moment. If you know anything about us as a church, we're not here to play church. We're not here to make converts. We're here to make disciples. And we are commissioned in the Great Commission to go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching others to obey the Lord's commands. And surely he's with us always, even to the very end of age. And so we... We fill this tank with faith every Sunday. We fill it, and out of obedience, for someone that might come forward to be baptized. We decided in our hearts a long time ago that we wouldn't make it difficult for people coming to know the Lord. If you can understand a relationship, you can understand the next part of discipleship and baptism. You see, in Romans, it says when we go in the water, We're actually buried with Christ, crucified with Christ. It represents when he went to the grave and he took all of our sin with him. When we come up out of the water, it says we're resurrected with him, with him, resurrected with our Lord and Savior. And if that's you and you'd like to step in and leave the old you behind, step into a new beginning with him, Just come forward as we sing. I'm going to be there. Pastor Charmaine's going to be there. Just come forward. We got towels. We got clothes. We got all that stuff. Let's continue to worship our God. Let's continue to press him and give him glory. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.